Okay. So the last, we're on chapter 22 tonight. But the, I want to remind you of the last verse of chapter 21. And it is, not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken in the house yes, of Israel. Amen. All came to pass. That's a good... That's a good scripture to yes, claim. Amen. So, chapter 22 starts. So, they finished the conquest. Of, well, they're not finished. They've, they've done the major part of it and kind of, they've surveyed the land last time we talked about that and they've split it, they've doled it out. But some of the people, uh, some of the tribes still need to conquer their regions and get all the people out. Get, get all the Canaanites out, run them out. And... Okay, so Joshua called the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. Remember, they're half and half. Mm -hmm. One's on the west side, one's, one's over here. Manasseh, half of them here, half of them there. Okay. And so he said to them, You've kept all that Moses served the Lord commanded you, and have obeyed my voice and all that I commanded you. You've not left your brethren these many days up to this day, but have kept charge of the commandment of the Lord your God. So, because they helped fight all the battles. Why do you think that they wanted the land on this west, on the east side of the Jordan? Why do you think they wanted that? Why did they choose to do that instead of going over here, going into the land of Canaan? The, that, this is a promised land. That's not. Probably still green, wasn't it? Pretty That's green. Right. Probably still green next to the river. Maybe. I think they just thought that they might get out of fighting. Uh -huh. They were tired. <laughs> they, I, they, nice. they, and I mean, they said, well, you know, it isn't so bad over here. Why don't we just stay here? Well, you can have the land here, but you got to go. You still got to go fight and help your brothers get all their stuff too. Uh, so he said, but you've done all that you're supposed to do. You kept charge and command. Now the Lord your God has given the rest to your brethren, as he promised them. And he's talking about, these guys are kind of done. So now, therefore, return and go to your tents and to the land of your possession, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you on the other side of the Jordan. But take carefully to do the commandments and the law, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you. We don't have any verses. They're gone. To love the Lord your God. So he's telling Okay, so you're going to go back over there, but keep on doing what you're supposed to do. Uh, love the Lord your God, walk in His ways, to keep His commandments, to hold fast to Him, and to serve Him with all your heart and with all your soul. So Joshua blessed them and sent them away, and they went to their tents. Not a half tribe of Manasseh, Moses had given possession of Bashan, but to the other half, of it, Joshua gave a possession among their brethren on this side of the Jordan. So he's talking about that group, the ones that are on this side. He, that side of the Jordan, westward. So from there all the way to this great sea, they called it, which is the Mediterranean, they, that was their land. And indeed, when Joshua sent them away to their tents, he blessed them and spoke to them, saying, Return with, with much riches to your tents, with very much livestock, with silver, with gold, with bronze and iron. And so they, they're getting, he, I, and he's, still, he's talking about this group on the east side, that you, you get to take some of the spoils of war. You're not going to go back empty-handed. You're going to go back rich men. So the children of Reuben, the children of Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh returned and departed from the children of Israel at Shiloh, which is in the land of Canaan, 
to go to the country of Gilead. And so Jericho's here, Shiloh's right up here. It's next door to Bethel, which is in the land of... Uh, go to the country of Gilead on that side to the land of their possession, which they had obtained according to the word of the Lord by the hand of Moses. And when they came into the region of Jordan, which is in... No, pay attention here. When he came to the region of Jordan, which is in the land of Canaan, the children of Reuben, the children of Gad, and the high tribe of Manasseh, built an altar there by the Jordan. So this is close to Jericho. They're on their way back. They built an altar right there. A great, impressive altar. And now the children of Israel heard someone say, Behold, the children of Reuben, the children of Gad, and the half tribe of Manasseh built an altar on the frontier or the front of their land, of the land of Canaan, in the region of uh, Jordan, on the children of Israel's side. So, over here. So they built, somewhere on this side of the Jordan, they built this magnificent altar. I don't think the altar was supposed to be magnificent. Remember, it's supposed to be uncut stone. So I don't know if they did some kind of fancy altar, and that was the problem. But... Um, I used to think it was on the uh, that they had made it on the other side, and so it was a little bit like when the the kingdom split after King Solomon mm -hmm. and the, the sin of Jeroboam. He made a new religion and built an altar up there, and it cracked and all that stuff. Uh, sorry, and but no, it's on it's on the west side. And they, they're not happy about it. He said, but, what, but something else, he said, in the region of the Jordan, on the children of Israel's side. <laughs> Do you see a problem with that? What's the problem? They're part of them. They're all the children yeah. of Israel, right? <laughs> but now they've made this distinction between the two. Is that, but y'all are, are the east side. Y'all are all this way. <laughs> And we're all that way. We're on the wrong side. We're the east side and we're the west side. So it's like the bloods and the crypts kind of. Um, and when the children of Israel heard of it, we're right here. Where the children of Israel heard of it, the whole congregation of the children of Israel gathered together at Shiloh to go to war against them. So Shiloh's right up here. Against each other. Yeah. They're going to go to war against them. And they don't even, they don't even ask them. They don't have a car. Let's just go whoop up on them. Um, I mean, these are the, this is their kin, right? Right. Yeah. But and they helped them fight all the wars. They're apparently pretty good at their job, but because uh, they they needed them the whole time. But they're going to go to war against them. Then the children of Israel sent Phineas, the son of Eleazar, the priest to the children of Reuben, to the children of Gad, the half tribe of Manasseh, into the land of Gilead. Uh, and with him, ten rulers, one ruler from each house of every tribe. So that's the congregation that they talk about. It's the what are later on going to be called the judges. And they're the ones that kind of carried out the political and, um, and judicial will, civil law of the, the Israelite people. So... Uh, so one from each of the tribes. And they came to the children of Reuben, the children of Gad, and the half tribe of Manasseh to the land of Gilead, and spoke with them, saying, Thus says the whole congregation of the Lord, What treachery is this that you've committed against the Lord God of Israel to turn away this day? 
from following the Lord, in that you build for yourselves an altar, that you might rebel this day against the Lord. Is the iniquity of Peor uh, not enough for us from which we are not cleansed till this day? Although there was a plague in the congregation of the Lord, but that you must turn away this day from following the Lord. So when they were on the other side of the Jordan, they, and it's in, uh, where is that? Genesis chapter, no, it's not Genesis, it's uh, Numbers chapter 20, I think. They, they were on the other side, and uh, they had gotten with the Midianite women and they had started doing uh, some pagan rituals at, that may have been involved some sexual things that they were doing with the Midianites. And they called that what they called it the that uh, they went after Baal of Peor. The last? No, no, you were the back. Right there? The last line. Oh, yeah. Is the, is the iniquity of Peor? That was Baal Peor, they called that. And it was just that they had started following after the religious practices of this country that they were in. So I don't know if the altar may have been something fancy like that, that, that the other countries have, because their altar was uncut stone. It was just rocks piled up that they did their offerings on. But how long has how long have they been settled? I mean, how long has it? I don't. Taken I don't know if it was weeks point. or months, but it couldn't have been terribly long. Of course, they didn't have. That's pretty fast. They didn't have too. social media, so it. Well, wasn't I know, <laughs> but I mean, that just seems so fast for them to have just fallen back into. Well, it, well we, don't, we don't know that that's what, well, in okay. fact, they're going to say, no, that's not the deal. Okay. Um, they did it with Moses in 40 days. Well, <laughs> but, but, but they <laughs> had a prediction here. They said, what, we'll get to it in a okay, second, sorry. but said what we thought was going to happen is exactly what did happen. I mean, it didn't take for long to say, they built... The, the, it was built on the children of Israel's side. They're all the children of Israel. So, okay. Uh, was that not bad enough? It, and to this very day, we're not cleansed from it. I, there was a plague, and the plague was stopped when, uh, when Eliezer stabbed the, the, the first Israelite that came near the tent. I, I think they went into the tent of meeting to get away from him, and he killed them in there. Killed the woman and the man and the Jew and the Israelite man. So that's how the plague was got stopped. Uh, and it shall be right in the middle. And it shall be if you rebel today against the Lord that tomorrow he'll be angry with the whole congregation of Israel, just like back then. Everybody started dying. Nevertheless, if the land of your possession is unclean. If there's a problem over there, then cross back over to the land of the possession of the Lord, where the Lord's tabernacle stands. And see, that's one of the that's one of the distinctions is that they still had their taber the tabernacle, the uh, where God's presence is, where the Ark of the Covenant and all that. Come back over there, take possession among us, but do not rebel against the Lord, nor rebel against us by building yourselves an altar beside the altar of the Lord our God, an altar even in the same land. 
Did not Achan, the son of Zerah, commit a trespass and a cursed thing, and wrath fell on uh, the congregation of Israel, all, and that that man did not perish alone his iniquity. So that was after the battle of that was at the battle of Ai, mm -hmm. and after that they discovered that he had taken some of the stuff from from Jericho. Then the children of Reuben, the children of Gad, half tribe of Manasseh, answered and said to the heads heads of the divisions of Israel. The Lord God of gods, the Lord God of gods, he knows and let Israel itself know if it is in rebellion or if it in, uh, if in treachery against the Lord, do not save us this day. So they're saying, if what you say is true, then may we just fall dead right now. Uh, if we built ourselves an altar to turn from following the Lord or if to offer on it burnt offerings or grain offerings, or if to offer the peace offerings on it, let the Lord himself require an account. So, so they're saying, if that's what the altar's for, then, then we're in the wrong. But in fact, we have done it for fear, for a reason saying, in time to come, your descendants may speak to our descendants saying, what have you to do with the Lord God of Israel? For the Lord has made the Jordan a border between you and us, you children of Reuben and children of Gad. You've no part in the Lord, so your descendants would make our descendants cease fearing the Lord. Therefore, we say, let us now prepare to build ourselves an altar, not for burnt offering, not for sacrifice, but that it may be a witness between you and us and our generations after us, that we may perform the service of the Lord before him with our burnt offerings, with our sacrifice, with our peace offerings, that your descendants may not say to our descendants in time to come, you have no part in the Lord. So they were saying that that altar that they built was a reminder that mm -hmm. when the, they came near the Jordan, they would go, oh yeah, that's that's what Reuben and Gad, half-tribe of Manasseh set up. And, and then when they would travel back to go to offer sacrifices in Shiloh at where the tabernacle was, that they'd always be welcome. So it was a it was a memorial, a, a reminder of those things. Um, so that we that we may say, here is a replica of the altar of the Lord which our fathers made, though not for burnt offerings nor sacrifices, but it is a witness between you and us. Far be it from us that we should rebel against the Lord and turn from following the Lord this day to build an altar for burnt offerings, for grain offerings, and for sacrifices beside the altar of the Lord our God. Which, so they said, that's not what we did. In fact, the, what, the reason why they built it what ended up being true is that they already thought of them as separate and not a part of them. Now when Phineas the priest and the rulers of the congregation the heads of the divisions of Israel or with him heard the words of the children of Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh spoke, it pleased him. Then Phineas, son of Eleazar, the priest, said to the children of Reuben, the children of Gad, the children of Manasseh, This day we perceive that the Lord is among us, because you've not committed this treachery against the Lord. Uh, now, uh, now you've del delivered the children of Israel out of the hand of the Lord. And Phineas went, uh, and the rulers returned to the children of Reuben, the children of Gad, and children of from the land of Gilead to the land of Canaan to the children of Israel, brought back word to them. So the thing pleased the children of Israel and the children of Israel blessed God. They spoke no more of going against them in battle to destroy the land where the children of Reuben Gad dwelt. Children of Reuben and children of Gad called the altar. Notice they dropped Manasseh already. They called uh, the altar witness for it is witness between us that the Lord is God. So whenever they would go back and forth, 
they would be reminded of that. But I think it's interesting that what what they thought might happen actually did happen, and like Pam said, it didn't take very long. So verse chapter 23. So it came to pass a long time after the Lord had given rest to Israel from all their enemies round and about that Joshua was old, advanced in age, and Joshua called for all Israel, for their elders, for their heads, for their judges, for their officers, everybody that's in charge, he calls them all together and says, I am old. <laughs> His wife was quiet said, stop saying that, you're not old. Um, I am old, advanced in age. You've seen all that the Lord your God has done to all these nations because of you. For the Lord your God is, is he who has fought for you. See, I have divided you by lot these nations that remain to be an inheritance of free tribes. From the Jordan with all the nations that I've cut off as far as the great sea westward. And the Lord your God will expel them from before you. He's getting old. I mean, these last two chapters are the end of Joshua. Uh, the end of his life, the end of the writings, the end of all that stuff. So he's preparing them. And he, so he's telling them right here. He says, God's done all this stuff, but it's not finished yet. You still need to go and get, get still win all of your land. Don't be happy with just a, you know, a few cities and what's around it. Take over the whole place because God's purpose in that, all of that was to get rid of that, the seed of idol worship and all and of pagan practices. Uh, I mean, because if you live here in Chandler and, and love God, but they're over there and next door in Davenport, they're... Heathens. Witches there and heathens, and they're doing all manner of evil stuff. Eventually, it's gonna, it's gonna affect us, the next door neighbors. Um, that's that's what they were afraid of, and it is what eventually happens. But uh, he said the Lord's gonna get rid of all those people, so you shall possess their land as God's promised you. Therefore, be very courageous to keep and to do all that's written in the book of Law of Moses, lest you turn aside from it to right and to left. Lest you go among these nations, these who remain among you, these who remain among you. You shall not make mention of the name of their gods, nor cause anyone to swear by them. You shall not serve them or bow down to them, but you shall hold fast to the Lord your God as you've done to this day. For the Lord has driven them out before you, great and strong nations. But as for you, no one's been able to stand against you to this day. Uh, one, one man of you shall chase a thousand. That's a good one to underline in your Bible too. Because we're, we inherit that too. One man of you shall chase the thousand. For the Lord your God is he who fights for you, as he promised you. Therefore, take careful heed to yourselves that you love the Lord your God, or else if you need to go back and cling to the remnant of these nations, these that remain among you, and make marriages with them. And he's talking about like treaties. You'll fall back into doing the things by the ways of men. Uh, you'll make marriages with them and go into them, and they get into you. no. Know for certain that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations from before you, but they shall be snares and traps to you and scourges on your sides and thorns in your eyes until you perish from this good land with the Lord your God, which God's giving. Behold, this day I'm going the way of all the earth. What does that mean? All the earth dies. And you, uh, and you know it and all your hearts and in all your souls that not one thing has failed of all the good things which the Lord your God has spoken concerning you. 
All have come to pass for you, not one word of them failed. Therefore it shall come to pass that as all good things that have come upon you, which the Lord God promised you, so the Lord will bring upon you all harmful things until he's destroyed you from the good land which the Lord your God has given you. When you have transgressed the covenant of the Lord, which he commanded you, and have gone and served other gods and bound out of them, then the anger of the Lord will burn against you, and you shall perish quickly from... So it, it, this is what I call the Clint Eastwood counseling method. It's Clint Eastwood from the outlaw Josie Wells when he says, um, when he's offering to ten bears, he says, uh, he says, you know, when you get ready to follow the buffalo, we'll kill my cattle and we'll jerk the beef and you'll have food for you when you go and my, uh, you'll be welcome in my house anytime. And they said, well, we can have that anytime we want to. We can just take it. He said, okay, well, the other side is I'm going to kill all of you if you don't want to do it that way. He's, he said, things are going to be awesome if you follow God. But the other side, I mean, every coin has two sides. The other side of the coin is, if you don't do it, it's going to be bad. Well, heads over tails. Yes. Head, head not the tail. <laughs> I'm above and not beneath. <laughs> and a dialogue, Josie Wills says, this is how you know my words of life are true, because my words of death are also true. <laughs> that, that's what God says to him here. You, you'll have life this way, and we'll, they, he says it another way in, in the next, very next chapter. He says, so Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel. So he gathered all the leaders and spoke to them first. And then he gathers all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called the elders of Israel. And I don't know if the ones from the east side, the other side of the Jordan came or not. But he does gather everybody together uh, for their heads, for their judges, for their officers, and they presented themselves before God. Joshua said to all the people, thus says the Lord God of Israel, your fathers, including Terah, the father of Abraham, the father of Nahor, dwelt on the other side of the river in old times. Because remember, they were from up here where Turkey is now. Um, that's where Nahor had originally come from. And they served other gods. Then I took your father Abraham from the other side of the river, led him throughout all the land of Canaan, and multiplied his descendants, and gave him Isaac. And to Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau, and to Esau I gave the mountains of Seir to possess. But Jacob and his children went down to Egypt. This is a little mini-history lesson by Joshua. But Jacob and all his children went down to Egypt. Also, I sent Moses and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt. According So he's... And this is chapters in the Reader's Digest version of history of Israel. Uh, so chapter three, they go down to Egypt. And, uh, chapter four is right there. Uh, and I also sent Moses and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt according to what I did among them after I brought you out. Right, chapter four. Then I brought your fathers out of Egypt, and you came to the sea. And the Egyptians pursued your fathers with chariots and horsemen to the Red Sea. That's bad. So they cried out to the Lord, and he put darkness between you and the Egyptians. That's interesting. He puts that little tid out of all the, I mean, he's just got little snippets that he's cut out. But he puts the darkness that, that kept the Israelites from being able to see what they were doing. Between you and the Egyptians. Brought the sea upon them, covered them, and your and your eyes saw what I did in Egypt. Then you dwelt in the wilderness a long time. That's, that's sure shortening up a big chapter right yeah. there. Forty years. You dwelt in the wilderness a long time. And I brought you into the land of the Amorites who dwell on the other side of the Jordan. They fought with you. 
But I gave them into your hand that you might possess their land, and I destroyed them from before you. Then Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, that's the one that brought Balaam and Balaam and the donkey, uh, arose to make war against Israel and sent and called Balaam, the son of Baor, to curse you. But I wouldn't listen to Balaam. Therefore, he continued to bless you. So I delivered you out of his hand. Then you went over to the Jordan and came to Jericho. And the men of Jericho fought against you. Also the Amorites, Perizzites, Canaanites, Hittites, Girgashites, Hivites, Jebusites. But I delivered them all into your hand. I sent the hornet before you, which drove them out from before you. Also the two kings of the Amorites, but not with your sword or with your bow. I've given you a land for which you did not labor and cities which you did not build and you dwell in them and you eat of the vineyards and olive groves which you did not plant. Now, therefore, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you, serve the Lord. Choose for yourself. Here it is. Here's a big one. This is what I have. We've always had plaques on the wall, refrigerator magnets and everything else that says this. These are the refrigerator magnet verses. That's what I like to call them. They're little ones, but they're big in their significance. Uh, and if it seems even to you serve to serve the Lord, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. This is another outlaw Josie Wales moment. Choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That, that was one that my mom claimed for our whole family early on. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So the people answered and said, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God is he who brought us and our fathers up out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who did the great signs in our sight. Preserve. He, they, they kind of recount the many history lessons too. And preserved us in all the way that we went and among all the people through whom we passed. And the Lord drove out before us all the people, including the Amorites, who dwelt in the land. We, we also will serve the Lord, for he is our God. But Joshua said to the people, you cannot serve the Lord, for he is a holy God. He's a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then he will turn and do, do you harm and consume you after he's done, uh, done you good. <clears throat> so you can mess it all up if you just, if you mess it up. And he said, the people said to him, no, but we will serve the Lord. So Joshua said to the people, your witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord for yourselves to serve him. I didn't, I didn't pressure you. I didn't con you. you I've even said, no, you're not going to be able to do it. They argued that they could. They said, no, we can. We are witnesses. Now, therefore, put away the foreign gods. What does he say? Now, therefore, put away the foreign gods which are among you. Mm, already there. Yeah. Hmm. How do you think that happened? <laughs> they carried him with them. <laughs> they may have kept him all the way from Egypt. Yeah. Mm. They may have kept him all through the forty years. Mm -hmm. They may have just picked him up along the way when they were be, yeah. that when they were in somebody's house. They found some a cute little 
statue that that looked neat, and they go, I think I'll just keep that. that I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> well, there's a lot of Christians, too. I mean, they may be 20, 30 years until they realize they got something in their house, something they're doing that they shouldn't be doing, or a movie they shouldn't have, a game they shouldn't have, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> Move it out. Yeah. Pat Bondi, the tattoo lady that I've been talking about, yeah. she said, my son was getting old enough, and I didn't want him exposed to any of those things. So I got rid of all that stuff. Um, so he said, put them away with the things which are among you. And incline your heart to the Lord God of Israel. And the people said, the Lord our God, we will serve, and his voice we will obey. It doesn't say anywhere that they all went on and burned all those things. No. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and made for them a statue and an ordinance in Shechem. Then Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God and he took a large stone and set it up there under the oath that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. That's the tabernacle. So he... um, So he wrote the words in the book of the law of God. Up to this point, well, in Hebrew history, they had Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. They got that by by now. Moses wrote all that stuff down. And they say the same thing here about... So Joshua becomes, out of the Pentateuch, the first five books, Joshua becomes a part of the book of the law right there. He, uh, he wrote these words in the book of the law of God and set all this stuff up and made a statue. So, uh, and he took a large stone and set it up there under the oak that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said to all the people, behold, this stone shall be a witness to us for it has heard all the words of the Lord which he spoke to us. It shall therefore be a witness to you, lest you deny your God. So Joshua let the people depart, each to his own inheritance. So from Shechem there, they all go all to their own places. Uh, Now it came to pass after these things that Joshua the son of Nun, servant of the Lord, died, being 110 years old. So he was 85 when they uh, got to uh, the end of the end of this campaign where they came through Jericho and fought up here, and then they all come down in the southern thing. That's when it said he was 85. Um, so he's gone 25 more years up to this point right here because he's 110 years old when he dies and they buried him within the border of his inheritance at Timnath Sarah which is in the land the mountains of Ephraim on the north side of Mount uh, Gaosh so down uh, Ephraim the mountains of Ephraim uh, is right here and I I've got this a little bit wrong but uh It's down a little bit closer to the Red Sea. That's where the mountains of Ephraim are. So he's buried down in that portion of of Israel. uh, Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua. Israel served the Lord and didn't go into idol worship during that time. 
who had known all the works of the Lord which he had done for Israel. The bones of Joseph, which the children of Israel had brought out of Egypt. Remember, they've been carried, mm-hmm. they've carried them for all these years. Uh, about 75 years, they mm-hmm. carried the bones of, of Joseph around. Joseph was one of the sons of Israel, it went to Egypt, becomes second to Pharaoh in power, and saves everybody that way. They take the bones of Joseph, uh, which they brought out of Egypt. They buried at Shechem in the plot of ground which Jacob had bought from the sons of Amor, the father of Shechem, for a hundred pieces of silver, and which became an inheritance of the children of Joseph. So that's the the terebinth tree, the almond trees that he bought uh, there in Shechem when his wife died, because uh, that's where she's buried. So when where. That's where Jacob's wife is buried. But this is Joseph, and they buried him in the same place. And Eleazar, the son of Aaron, died. So that was the guy that was a priest after Aaron. Eleazar dies too, and they buried him in a hill belonging to Phinehas, his son, which was given to him in the mountains of Ephraim. So they all get buried in that same place. And um, so the end of uh, the end of Joshua talks about. And then everybody died out. Mm-hmm. All these characters were put to rest at, at the end of that. Then in the very beginning of the very next, so if you turn one page over in your Bible, you come to Judges. And the, uh, they carried on the same tradition of these leaders of tribes and all, doling out justice and, and running the country like representatives uh, and uh, so Judges starts off that way. Judges, funny, Judges starts off with recounting a lot of the things identical to how they happened in uh, and the, it, the, these last few chapters of Joshua. One of the things in Judges is they, uh, they go all the way back to uh, when Caleb takes over the land, uh, Hebron and all that stuff. It recounts the whole thing about his, he gave his daughter away to one of his nephews and uh, so cousins got married. All of that is in Joshua, and it's almost word for word in the beginning of, of Judges. But at the end of Joshua here, everybody dies out. And he said up until that time, they weren't serving other gods. They continued to worship the Lord during all of that. There's awesome promises here about God being faithful that we get to choose Yes, praise God. And and every one of us needs to choose. Mm-hmm. We don't choose for our children. Well, uh, uh, a lot of our faith is built on some of the principles from right out of Joshua right here. Um, we we don't inherit our uh, our belief systems, our religion. We we do to us. To some extent, there's uh, there's seeds that are planted by our parents and our grandparents, and they can pray pray things into our life. But ultimately, we have, we have to all make our own choices. Just like Joshua told them, you got to choose. Um, Sarge was telling me that his dad his dad was was an atheist. The whole all nearly all of until he died. 
and he got he made a profession of faith right before he died. Uh, Sarge brought in <coughs> the Baptist chaplain of the hospital he was in, and they prayed, and he accepted Jesus on his deathbed, literally the last moments of his life. But he had been an atheist during all that. And one of the things that he said was, if you grew up, uh, if you grew up in a Muslim country, if you grew up in a Hindu country or whatever, you just are what you, what your parents did. Which is, I, I've told kids in counseling that many times before, that all the stuff, all the dumb stuff that you've done, it is your parents' fault. All of your yesterdays. But from this day forward, yeah. it's your fault yeah. that there's a there's a point where even if you were raised in a Hindu country or a Muslim country, we all are presented with the truth at some point. And you've got to choose what, even if you grew up in a Christian home, you've got to choose certain yes. things for yourself about what you're going to believe going forward. Because... I mean, I was the first one in my family to understand things about the Holy Spirit before anybody else did. Um, yep. and, uh, and you've got, which is what I said at the very beginning before we even started. One of the reasons we study this is to be able to reject some things that come at us. Reject faithless things. Reject the... the lies that the devil brings yes, us. Yes. Reject junk that we hear, whether it's on the news or anything else, is that the, one of the reasons why we study like we do isn't to get smarter and be able to win at Jeopardy. It is so we can refute the lies of the devil. Yes. We can refute the, the lies that the enemy sends our way, even through other religious people. Even through other so-called Christian people, um, and certainly in politics and everything else, God can give us wisdom for all those things if we've prepared our hearts to hear Him. If the Word is in us uh, to the extent that we can refute it, the, the same exact way Jesus did. Uh, you know, we can carry our children so far, but then they have to come to a place that they make choices. That's right. Yeah. Just like we did the yeah. same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just like Abraham carried Lot as far as he could. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't make him. But Lot had to make his decision when judgment started coming down. In the Old Testament, we have so much of that where even before there was a priestly system that we had, like Abraham, Abraham was a priest for his whole family. He ministered God to them. He taught them and he tried to drag, like, just like he did Lot, he tried to drag Lot into the light and Lot kept going back into darkness. It's just horrible. Um, yes. The, those evil sons. So let me pray for us. Thank you for sharing tonight. Father, thank you for your word and thank you for what it means for us and thank you that it's a measure that we can that we can we can discern truth by putting it up against your word. And I pray that we would become more well-equipped to be able to do that, to be able to, uh, to be able to assay out truth from fiction, truth from lies by, by setting it up against, setting the lies against the truth. Um, help us to continue to grow in that knowledge and wisdom. 
Um, and for these next few weeks, protect us, and uh, may we just continue to pray for each other. And I pray healing and safety over everyone in, within the sound of my voice right now. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 amen.